Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. It says this in the scripture of Isaiah, or Isaías in Espanol, all right? It says this in chapter 43, verse 19. This is one of my words for this year. I'm barely going to tap into this, and I would love to teach this next month or through this year because it is powerful. Say powerful. And this is what it says. It says, forget. Say forget. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Say, see, I'm doing a new thing. Do you believe that God is doing a new thing this year in your life? Not just because everyone else is having their resolutions. They probably threw it away already by, the, by this time. All right. Not just because it's a new year, new you, whatever, boo. All right. I like what I did there. All right. But, but this is what the scripture says. See. Say see. Right now, this is a word for someone today. Open up your eyes in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the righteous shall walk not by sight but by faith. See with your faith eyes. Stop living life as, as, as from a, a worldly point of view or just from the uh, perspective of what your eyes tell you. That's not the only piece of information that God wants to get to. There's a whole other realm in the supernatural that God is speaking and moving. He's saying, see... I am doing a new thing. Who, who needs a new thing in their life? Who needs a new thing in their heart? Who needs a new way of thinking? Who needs a new way of living? Who needs a newness in their marriage and a freshness? Who needs a newness and a freshness in their, in their walk with God? Come on, someone. Who needs a newness in their life? See, I'm doing a new thing. Watch this. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way. In the wilderness, a.k.a. what that means is that God always makes a way when there is no way. When the world tells you there is no way. When the doctors tell you there is no way. When the job says there is no way. This is only my introduction. Sorry. I'm going to try to. There is no way. All right. Watch this. God always makes a way when there is no way. God is famous for making ways when there was no ways. God is famous for making impossible things possible. Do I have a a person who can testify this morning that God has done the impossible in your life, that you've seen the impossible in your heart? Come on, y'all. This is the God that we serve. He wants to do a new thing. He wants to make a new way. When your boyfriend, Jose, has said, no way, there is a way in Jesus. All right? And not only that, streams in the wasteland. This is one of my favorite. This is what I need. I have to be honest with you. I'm an honest preacher. Sometimes I have to just do this because I like to talk. It's my gift and it could be a curse, all right? But uh, last year was one of my hardest years in ministry. And if it wasn't my prayer life and my time with Jesus and soaking in his presence, I'm not sure we would have made it, to be honest with you. We've been through some shaky ground. In fact, in 2020, I thought, oh, I kept thinking like a pilot, a pilot, not a pilot, a pilot. Mayday, mayday, mayday. Whoa. But the Lord said, fear not. Be not dismayed. For I am with you. All right. I will uphold you with my rights. We had no, our church was not open. We meet in a public place. What am I going to say? Open up your doors, public place. It's not mine. I can't say it. Right. 
But God provided a way when there is no way. That's when we launched our production ministry. That's when, when we went online and more lives came hungry and fed and saved and touched in Jesus' name. Watch this. He says, also says, and streams in the wasteland. What this means is that God will provide in a season of dryness, a season of a desert-like barrenness. God will provide rivers of flowing with, with life and abundance in times that are a wasteland. Who cares? I mean, I, I don't want to, I, I, obviously we should care about the economy. I shouldn't say like who cares because it does impact us. But watch this. What are you worried about? you got an Abba Father who owns everything. Amen. you ain't got to be worried about nothing. Amen. All right, so the title of my message today is Gear Up. Say it with me. Say Gear Up. Gear Up. Say it like me. Say Gear Up. Gear Up. Gear Up is another motto or, or as a motto for get ready. And I believe that, the God is, that God is speaking this to us. He's spoken it to me in my fast. He's saying, calling church, gear up. This is actually what the word of the Lord has shared with me in my time of prayer and fasting. To our church, he says, seven years of motion and momentum. Get ready and gear up. Great things are going to take place this year. I am shifting gears and altering your influence. I am upgrading your impact. I am taking the ministry to new horizons and a new level. More people will be discipled and cared for. People will come looking for hope. They're hungry for hope. More lives healed. More lives receiving Jesus and pursuing their calling. Leaders will be built up. Pastors will be raised up. Ministries will be birthed. And this is not for your sake. This is for my sake. The God of heaven says, amen, for heaven's sake. I believe that this year is a year where God is saying, gear up, and he's going to make some shifts in this church, not only in this church, or in this church, but that means you, because in order for God to shift the church, God's got to, God's got to, God's got to shift you. Come on, somebody, in the name of Jesus. Do you like how he got to shift you, all right? He's going to shift you this year. I don't know about you, but uh, I, I kind of like driving. How many of you like driving? How many of you do not, how many hate driving? How many do not like driving, all right? How many do Uber? No, I'm just kidding, all right? I'm just kidding. That would be good to know, actually. We can get Ubers home, all right? Um, I'll never forget, uh, I forget what year, but I learned how to drive on a stick shift, on a manual Saturn coupe. How many of you remember Saturn cars? Do you guys remember Saturn? It's, I don't think they exist anymore. They don't make them anymore. But I learned how to drive. Did anyone learn how to drive a stick shift car? Come on, y'all, all right? How many of you drive a stick shift car right now? How many of you have a heavenly automatic car where you can eat your in and out just cruise, drink your soda. Some of you on Instagram. You can't be on Instagram. <laughs> if you are on Instagram shifting, and that's got to be hard. But if you're, you're, I remember my mom, she taught me how to drive. My dad was just in and out my, in my life, to be honest. I love him. God bless him. I, and I speak about him a lot. But my, I don't talk about my mom enough, and I need to. My mom taught me how to drive. And, um, I remember her saying to me, Michael, it's just a lot of work. I just, the automatics are nice, you know. But some, some people like it because it's fun. You're moving, all right. You have control over the car, all right. But I would never forget, I learned how to drive in Baldwin Park. Let's go, Baldwin Park, BP. That's where I'm from, baby. And don't forget Pomona at the same time, all right. My grandmother's here who has a house in, in Baldwin Park. 
who raised me, and my other grandmother raised me in Pomona, and I went back and forth all, all the time, all through the San Gabriel Valley, which, by the way, I do believe that the San Gabriel Valley is going to be touched by the calling church in the name of Jesus. And he's just getting started. He's just getting started. I can see it. Not just with my natural eye, but with my faith eyes. Somebody say amen. So I remember learning how to drive. And I, I, I wanted to give up on driving because I was on the stick shift, man. I was like, I don't want to do all this. I just, I just want a car to just press the ga back gas and just get where I'm going, all right. And I had the hardest time. Come on, y'all. Don't lie, all right. I had the hardest time letting go of the clutch and pressing on the gas. How many know what I'm talking about, all right? I had the hard, I'm like, and then you look all awkward and weird because you stall, right. And that first, that first gear is so hard. How many know what I'm talking about right now? All right? How many of you have no idea what you are blessed with an autumn? You don't know anything that no. <laughs> Just to get in first gear, I've had to explain this to my wife because she has never driven in a, a manual car. All right. Just to get in first gear, it's a little trick. You got to give a little, you got to take a little, right? But if you don't do it on the right timing, you, you're all over the place. Literally, the car jerks around. And so that happened. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. All right. But I kept up with it. I kept trying. And sure enough, baby, I was cruising. You know what I'm saying? All right. And uh, uh, now I have a heavenly automatic where I'm eating my cheeseburger and well I haven't had a cheeseburger in a long time or I you know um, or whatever it is I bring this point up is because God wants to make God gave me a word shift for this year and when he gave me the word shift I had this vision of a manual car like a stick shift and actually bring this on the screen I do believe we have this for the screen it's a picture Imagine yourself right now. It's a little fuzzy, all right, but I'll explain it to you. Imagine yourself on a, in, in the cockpit of a 747. Imagine being in the driver's seat, co-piloting piloting a 747, all right, looking down a mile and a half of runway. And if you've ever been on an airplane, all right, you know the power that is in those jets. In fact, I was watching this video, and they're looking at each other, and they're talking to each other, and one of them says, gear up. He looks at them, and he says, gear up. He puts the throttle on. How many know what I'm talking about? You've ever been on an airplane? Man, you hear that. The first time I was on an airplane, I was like, help me, Jesus. I, I, Lord, I want to. I want to get married. I want to have children. You know, help me, Jesus. Because watch this. You hear those engines. Come on, y'all. And it sounds like a rocket. Right? I want to tell you today, this is what God is saying. Gear up because the Holy Spirit is just like this in your life. He wants you to gear up, baby. He wants you to have a dynamic life in him. Somebody say amen. But here's the frustrating part. A lot of us, many of us, have this potential in God. We have this potential, maybe not just in God. We have this potential with a dream. We have this potential with talents that we have been given by Almighty God. Don't mistake it. Your talent is not from you. It's from God. Because when you do your, this, I'm not, this, this is, not, is another time for another message, another message for another time. But when you use your gift, this is why in the, in the Greek it called, it's called charis. It's a grace gift. It just flows through. You think right now that I'm able to do this on my own? Uh-uh. There's a grace that is filling me and moving through me and flowing through me. The gift that you have today is from Almighty God. My wife, if we switch gifts, 
She can know. She can speak. That's a gift on her too. She just don't like that gift. We're trying to get her to, all right. But I can't sing. You don't want me to sing, baby. If the Lord, it will just, all right. The reason you have your gift is from God and it flows through you. But there's nothing more frustrating in life to sit on a runway with all this dynamic power in God and not go anywhere in your life. I'm skipping to my notes, but there's some people like that in the Bible. They're called the Israelites. And God calls them out of slavery. And there's quite a bit of times that God had to get Egypt out of them, even though they've seen the miracles, they've seen the promises, they've seen God Almighty. They had an amazing leader named Moses who's wanting them to take off and get off the runaway and soar on new horizons and reach a new stratosphere. Who am I talking to today? It's time for you to soar upon wings like eagles. It's time for you to run and not grow weary. It's time for you to walk and not grow faint. It's time for you to do the amazing things that God, watch this, that God has purposed for you. When I say purposed, this means that your life was thought of before he created the foundations of the world. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm speaking to someone right. You, so when you sit on that runway in your life with all the potential in the world and God with your talent, with your dream, and you just sit there, I wonder, I mean, like, Heaven's got to be like, they, do they know who they are? Like, I've planned them, right? In this moment, in this time of history, with their gifts, in that family, with that weird uncle, that you were purposed. You were purposed. You were planned. You might not have been planned by your mommy or your daddy, but you is, plan- you is planned by Almighty God. Come on, somebody, all right? You are planned by God. <clears throat> and part of his plan... And part of his purpose is for you, church, the calling is to not sit on that runaway. Bring that that picture back up. To sit on that runaway when you were created to soar. Come on, somebody. Amen. Let's wrap it up. Let's go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. I still got a little more. All right. In order for us to become as a church who we're called to be and purposed to be, it means that takes all of us. Not just the preacher. We're not England. We're not France where the state pays me. No way. I don't want your money anyway in the name of Jesus. It takes all of us. All of us are called into the priesthood of men. Come on, someone. In the name. It takes everybody in the name of Jesus in this church to do the works that God has called us to do and purpose for us to do. Someone say amen. All right. So why does God want to shift gears in your life? Why does God want to shift gears at the calling church, all right? Watch this. Because your faith was made to move. Let me say this again. Because, say it with me. Because my faith, come on, say it like you said, my faith was made to move. Do you know that everything in the universe, for the most part, is moving right now as I speak? The universe itself, God, when he made it, bang, right there, all right? It's moving. 
It's moving. It's growing. It's expanding. The planets are orbiting on its, the earth is rotating on its axis. Solar systems are moving. Stars are shooting. Comets are moving, all right? Our bodies were made to move. Muscles were made to move. Your blood is made to move. I pray that your blood doesn't stop, all right? Your blood was made to move. Your cells were made to move. You were made to move. So why is your faith not moving? Come on, somebody. All right? Our faith was made to be in motion. Faith in motion looks like showing up to church even on cloudy, rainy days. Come on, someone. Or, or, and, and watch this. I will say this because we do have online. Online is always, say always, a support. It's never a substitute. Because what the Bible says here in this, this holy scripture, it, what it, it talks about community. And what you, you cannot get everything online that you will right here. Let me say that again. You cannot get everything that you do online uh, like you do in the, in the community of God. However, online for us is a tool. It's our doorway for you to get here in the name of Jesus. Amen. Or if you're watching from England or you're watching from Florida like we have people, we want you to go to church. Someone say amen. All right. Let's go back to faith in motion. Faith in motion looks like praying for the sick. And watch this, not praying and guessing that they will be healed. It is commanding that they will be healed in the name of Jesus with our authority. Faith in motion looks like keeping peace when your wife is truly mad at you. Come on, someone, all right? Despite frustrations and anger, faith in motion looks like having peace or keeping. Say keeping. Keeping the, some of y'all need to keep. I'll just give you a little story real quick. I told my wife the other day, honey, I need you to get home, please, at 7.45. Costco closes at 8.30. Please, all right, because I've been there late, and they'll tell you, we're closing. Move to the floor. I don't want, I, I, move to the front. I don't want to deal with that, all right, and I want to buy some food. I want to, I love Costco. Come on, someone, all right. I love Costco, all right. That's my time, all right, and I, <laughs> that's probably why we got in a fight, because it's my time, and so my wife she shows up at, you know, 8 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, man, I want to say some things. I did say some things, and I remember the Holy Spirit was like a, like a, like a leash on a dog. Stop it, man. Stop it. Stop. Shut your mouth, boy. All right? I would try. I would, Lord, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. And so I remember driving in the car on the way, try, talking about keeping the peace or not keeping the peace. I was driving in the car, and I remember I was rushing. I only had 15 minutes. To, I was mad. Woman, you gave me 15 minutes to get there. I had no time to stop for nothing. I had to cruise and grab things, all right. But I remember the Holy Spirit as I was driving in my automatic car. God bless my Acura, all right. Uh, uh, God told me this. The Holy Spirit told me this. Uh, he said, Michael, what you worried about? You're going to get everything you need. And once you get everything you need and pay for it, you are going to be so upset at yourself. Because watch, you didn't have to say any of that. You should have kept the peace. Someone say amen, all right. Keep the peace. Faith in motion looks like reading the word. Faith in motion looks like praying. Faith in motion looks like loving people who don't love you. Ooh, come, oh, come on, someone. All right. Faith in motion looks like loving people. Do you know it's against our religion to hate? I'm just, just leaving that there, all right. Shouldn't hate anything or anybody, all right. Got real quiet up in this church, all right. <laughs> Next series, do not hate, all right. That's what's wrong with the world. And by the way, we're praying for the people in Monterey Park, 
and the city of Monterey Park, violence is never the answer. And I want to tell you, Christians and friends, that legislation and the president or mayors or politicians are never the answer. The answer is and always has been Jesus Christ. And that's who we need to turn our hearts to. And I pray for revival in our land. If my people who are called by my name will, will humble themselves and pray, I will look from heaven. I will, watch this, I will heal, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their what? Their land. Sin has a connection to the land, all right? That is biblical. Faith in motion looks like loving people who don't look like you, who don't eat look, who, excuse me, let me say this again. Faith in motion looks like loving people. We need a lot of this today. Loving people who are not like you, who don't eat like you, who don't vote like you, who don't vote like you, who don't vote like you, who don't uh, have the same skin color as you, all right, who don't think like you, maybe don't even have the same faith as you, all right, or don't even walk like you. That's what faith in motion looks like, loving all people at all times because Jesus, our Savior, did that to us. Amen? So faith, has, faith is supposed to be in motion. My friends, do not sit on the runway today. Do not, do not live your life, not even with half your potential. I remember growing up in the church and in college, one of my heroes would say this. He would say that uh, we often, God gives, us super, God gives us nuclear power potential, but we settle for firecracker lives. I believe that statement when I started this church. In fact, I said to the pastor, my pastor, I said, I think God is, I think God, I, I want to live for my potential and I want to start a church. I hear God telling me start a church. And he said, what? <laughs> but you said nuclear power potential. I believed every part of that. That's why we're here today and that's why we're not on the runway as a church anymore. That's why we're soaring because we put our faith into motion. Somebody say amen, all right. Faith in motion looks like surrender and yielding. Say yielding to the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our hearts, all right. For some of us, we started to get, some of us, our faith is in motion. We are in a gear right now. We started praying and fasting over 21 days. We started seeing miracles and breakthrough in our life. We started to see provision. Our faith is in motion. But God is telling you, you have not seen anything yet. Forget the former things. I'm doing a brand new thing. I'm going to shift you into gear. And we are moving in the name of Jesus. 2023, for you, you're going to skyrocket. You're going to reach new horizons. You're going to be in a new stratosphere because of Jesus working in your life. And you're going to believe like the pastor says, I'm going to live for my potential in Jesus. I'm going to walk with Christ. I'm going to live with the Holy Spirit in me. And I'm going to believe this thing here, the word of God, and apply it to my life. And I'm going to see wonderful things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Give the Lord a clap. Come on, you out there. I want to make two points. I'm going to try to do my best to land this plane. All right, that's, you know the pastor, <laughs> the pa I'm, that, I'm that pastor. I'm going to try to make these points, and, but I go on, all right. Some of us are not in gear. So, and this is okay because, or it's not okay, but you're in a church that's going to love you. You want us to, to shift gears for you? Pray for me. Okay, I'll pray for you. But I want you to start praying for me. Ooh. <laughs> all right. What's the word for today? I'll give you the word. But to you, what's the word for today? For us, all right? For some of us, you want us to shift gears for you. Some of us, you're sitting on the runaway. And here's the reality. 
you're not moving. When your faith was meant to move, when your life was meant to move, all right, you're not moving because, watch this, you're stuck. You're stuck. You know how you get stuck in life? Because you get hurt in life. You know when you're stuck in life? Here's a great indicator of how you're stuck in your life, in your faith, in your relationship, in your marriage. I pray that your marriage is not stuck. Come on, keep it fresh. Keep it fresh in the name of Jesus, all right? But take the girl out. Take your, come on, someone amen, all right? One girl's believing that, yes, all right? <laughs> you're stuck. You know you're stuck because of this sign. You're constantly replaying the hurt in your life. That man hurt me. That ma- every day you get up, that man hurt me. That man hurt me. Every day you know you're stuck because you think the same way in the same paradigm. You go to bed feeling the same way. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm a, re- I'm a reject. I can't accomplish my dreams. I can't get off that runaway. I- you're living in this paradigm. You're stuck. And God didn't make you for that orbit. Come on, someone. You're stuck. All right? Y- you know you're stuck because you're hurt. You know you're stuck. Maybe your church hurt today. I don't want to get involved in the church. So I hear that often. I don't, it, it, it makes me laugh when people say, I don't ever want to get involved. Then when you get hurt in life, don't ever go to the hospital again. Don't. Because the church is God's answer to the world. And we need an alive, living church. Someone say amen. But we're stuck. We're stuck, ang- we're stuck and we're angry. We're upset. I can, uh, let me just share with you for, for early years of my life, something came out of me I didn't know was there. I was angry all the time. Anger has been one of my issues in my life. I didn't know it was there. We have, by the way, go to Carla's group, all right? <laughs> Anxiety, emotions, she can help you. I was angry. My wife's like, who is this man? I said, this is Pomona and Baldwin Park. You know what you signed up for, all right? <laughs> I'm just, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But, um. I, was, I didn't realize I was so angry in my life because I was rejected in my life. I was told I was a nobody in my life. My dad was here and there in my life. Man, I, 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 at the age of 16, I had to go to work. Uh, 15, actually, I had to go to work because no one supported me. Can you believe that? I had, I was, and so all of this came, I was angry. So I lived in this orbit of anger, of fear, and then my wife got the brunt of it. But it's time to step out of the old things, forget the former things, for I am doing a new thing. And you know what? How to, how to get to be unstuck? Say belief. You're going to have to believe God's word. At face value. You got to believe. You know, in John, in fact, the scripture, the New Testament, one of the words that is most used in the New Testament is the word believe. Believe. All right? God wants you to believe the promises and the plans that he has for your life. And let me go back to the Israelites. Look at what Exodus chapter 14 verse 10 says. And it's a little bit of reading, but watch this. We have it on the screen. And it's it's the, the point. God raises up a leader, Moses, and he tells him, let my people go. Well, finally, Pharaoh lets them go. And so they're having a hard time believing that they can be free. They're having a hard time believing that they got a promise. 
promised land from them, promises and provision and blessings from Almighty God. No, I'm meant to be a slave. No, I'm meant to serve other people, so to speak, at the, the, the Egyptians. No, I'm meant to live this way. And God is saying, no, you're not. You're my children. You are meant for freedom. Who Jesus says, whom the Son sets free is free. Pastor Michael, I don't believe I can be healed. You don't know my life. I'm on drugs. You don't know my addiction. You don't know my God. He can do these things surely for you. Come on, step into it. Get off the runway. Believe it. Gear up in Jesus' name. It says this in Exodus chapter 14. And so <clears throat> Pharaoh lets them go. They get stuck for a moment. They go back to their old habit. And God tells them, to, I want Moses to lead them to this spot. And so they're literally stuck in between a rock and a hard place. Here come the, here come the Egyptians and their chariots and their army. And before them, there's a, red, there's a Red Sea. And they're looking at the army, and then they're looking at the Red Sea. They're looking at the army, and they say, Moses, is there no graves in Egypt? Why would you do this to us? We told you. What's the, we told you to leave us alone. Let us be. We were okay. No, you're not. Right? But remember the scripture I just read. God always makes a way when there's no way. Oh, come on. Someone believe that today. I dare you in Jesus' name. Look what the scripture says. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked. They saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there any graves for us in Egypt? Why have you done this to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were in Egypt? Uh, we said, leave us alone. Pastor Michael, leave me alone. Leave me alone in my orbit of fear, in my orbit of anger. Leave me alone in my paradigm of thinking. This is just who I am. This is what I'm just going to do all my life. I want you to understand that God says no to every piece of that in Jesus' name. All right? Leave us alone. I'm not going to leave you alone. I believe in a God that's so big. Come on, somebody. God is not going to, God himself is not going to leave you alone. Come on, someone. Let us, watch this. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. What a pathetic, what a pathetic answer and remark. Let us be on the runway. Let us stay here. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord himself will fight for you. This is, you're so panicked right now. Some of you are so much anxiety. You can't even catch your breath. Because you feel it's all upon you to get your life right, to overcome. But the Bible says this, be still. The Lord's going to fight for you. Be still. Catch your breath. The Lord is fighting for you on your behalf. This fight is not yours. Look what David told Goliath. The battlefield belongs to the Lord. Come on, someone. It ain't mine, Goliath. God is going to deliver you into my hands. Because the battle don't belong to me, demon. Because the battle don't belong to me, doctor. The battle belongs to God Almighty. And he is a deliverer. He makes a way when there's no way. And look what Moses says, or he says, don't be afraid, just stand still. The Lord himself will fight for you. Isn't that good? Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying? Look, look at God's response now. 
God says, why are you crying out to me? <laughs> Tell the people. Look at you see it on the big screen. Look at, uh, is it up there? Tell the people. Watch this. Get moving. Get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea and divide the water. Watch this. This, this, some, this might not be for some of you. I hope you get this in the name of Jesus right now. I hope you do. I'm going to drop something on. Sometimes God will allow a trial so that you can see how faithful he is in the name of Jesus Christ. Stop fighting your trial. Get your eyes on God. God brought them to that point so that they could see the glory and majesty and the deliverance of the Lord. The trial that you're in today might not be from the devil, it may be from God, amen, so that you can see the deliverance of the Lord. Someone say amen. Worries and problems are just challenges cloaked in opportunity and growth and spiritual maturity and dependence on God. What if you had that paradigm instead of leave me alone, right? Your, watch this. Your, your problems and your worries are cloaked in opportunity for faith. To get your faith, you know, I ask God, why do you even use me? And I think sometimes he tells me, because you've been through the fire. I've led you through the fire. You've seen me deliver you. And I want you to share with my people, I will deliver them too. Someone say amen. All right, let me, let me last, last thing here. I have some more things to say, but I'm going to leave this, uh, some of it alone. Switching gears is about change. Say change. God, you cannot be on the same gear in the driveway as you are on the highway. Let me say that again. You cannot be in the same gear in your driveway or down the street as you are in the high. God wants you to reach new avenues in your faith, in your life, in your relationships. But God has to shift you. And it requires change. Watch this. You don't even have to make the changes per se. You know, the transformation that the Bible talks about is this. You make the choice, God will bring about the transformation. You make the choice. That's all you got to do. Here I am. Here I am. I'm opening up my, the door of my heart to you. I want a better marriage. I want to shape up. The old lady tells me I got to get it together. Even the dog is barking at me. True story, all right? I got, but here, here, here I am. Transform me. Watch this. In order for you to pass the exams in life, it requires teaching. And the teacher, the Holy Spirit, wants to live inside of you so he can do some teaching in your life and counsel you and help you and heal you. Amen? Someone say amen, all right? So it requires change. Don't be afraid of change. The Israelites couldn't, they didn't like change. Watch this. It's going to require change. It's going to require a little bit of uncomfortability. Yes, get to church. Yes, join a life group. Yes, you might not know, no, know nobody at first, but you may develop lifelong prayer warriors and friendships like you never met before. Come on, someone. It may require a little bit of uncomfortability, but watch this. It may take that to, to, for God to make a change. In your life. Someone say amen. Watch this. God is going to provide a new win. Not just for you, but for the calling church. I speak it in the name of Jesus. I see a church that is reaching new horizons. That is touching a new stratosphere. Because watch this. Why do we need a, a church that is shifting in, on behalf of God? Or that God is shifting. Why do we need a church like this? Because we live in a dying and broken world that is desperate for hope. That is hungry for hope. That needs healing. That needs forgiveness. And we need a church that is not on the runway but it's on soaring in the horizons. 
don't you get irritated sometimes? Excuse me. When you see someone at the, the light and you're behind them and the light is, is green. And you're like, come on, man. Honk, honk. But they're just on their phone. They're eating their cheeseburger. And you're just frustrated. Like, man, you're blocking me. I need to get to go where I'm. What if God is saying this to some of you today? There's ministries coming out of you. There's life, you're a life group leader. There's great potential. What if you're stall, you being stalled is choking out a bunch of potential believers being stalled? Come on, someone, all right? I looked up on Google just to be sure. How do you know when to shift gears? How do you know when? And according to Google, when your car reaches 2,500 or 3,000 uh, revolutions per minute, technically. But then the, Google says this, eventually you know when to shift, to make the shift by the sound or just by the feeling of the car. My mom would teach me, because I would be a mom, how do you know when to shift? She goes, I, could, I just feel the car, feel the transmission. I'm like, I want to feel it. <laughs> I don't know how to, she says, or, or she says, okay, well, listen for the sound. I said, what sound? And uh, now I know the sound. How do you know, church, Right now, online, in person, when God wants to make this shift, because you hear the sound and you feel it. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit the callingla.com slash give.